A big announcement today in relation to uh, property and a, a levy on vacant sites, but I'm just going to have to ask you one question on the McNulty thing. Labour, conspicuous by their absence from the front benches uh, of the chamber yesterday when the Taoiseach was uh, issuing that apology. Uh, do you consider the matter closed now at this point? Well, uh, to be honest with you, it's the most bizarre um, election I've ever seen in my time in politics, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners would agree. Um, I'd like to see the issue over. I think it's distracting from a a lot of real issues, one of which I wanted to talk to you about today, and uh, I just want to see the issue closed because um, it really isn't a priority as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think the whole thing is, is bizarre. Do we need to find out who this Fine Gael official is? Well, I don't, but if, if uh, the media feel they do, that's their own issue, but personally I don't I don't think the Labour Party cares, to be honest. It's really a matter for Fine Gael. And as, uh, well, that's the line you've been trotting out since this day last well, week. It's, as, not a, it's, not a, it's not an issue of trotting out. Genuinely, I don't care. I mean, it's really not an issue. Um, that's really an internal thing, but and it's not uh, really, uh, we're not trotting it out, it's the reality. As the Minister for the Environment, uh, you oversee elections. If John McNulty actually is elected, because he's still on the ballot paper, even though he's asked you all not to vote for him, what happens then? Well, if he's elected and he takes his seat, he's a senator. So there's still a possibility that John McNulty can be a senator after all this? Absolutely. And do you know if that's a possibility? Because I know a lot of Labour and Fine Gael people would have been uncomfortable voting for the other two candidates, one of whom was from Sinn Féin and the other is an independent. Well, you know, um, having, I suppose, spoken to a number of people in Leicester House over the last number of days, you know, typically politicians, when they get ballot papers, they tend to just, they, they know who they're voting for, so they tend to fill them in and fire them back. So the majority of people have already voted. A lot of people, anyway, have already voted. So you think there's a possibility that John McNulty will still be elected? Well, you know, as the minister who's in charge of franchise, I'm not going to get into all of that, but certainly I think it's a possibility. Okay, let's talk about housing, because this is a big announcement you've made today. The vacant site levy. Um, This is an issue because the the suspicion is that developers are holding on to some sites in key parts of Dublin in particular and other parts of the country as well, in the hope that they'll get a better price for them. Uh, This is your attempt to convince them that that's not a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, an announcement today in relation to planning and housing. It's, it's one of a number of announcements I'll be making in the coming months and the coming weeks, actually, uh, social housing strategy. And the second announcement in relation to planning is forthcoming in the coming weeks. Uh, there's four main components to this, Jonathan. Firstly, I've changed the whole issue of Part 5. Uh, now uh, you will have to, every development will have to have 10% of its units that are built uh, for social housing, as opposed to 20% of the land, which was for social and affordable under the old scheme. I think if this actually had to be in existence for the last uh, 14 years, we'd have had 15,000 more social housing units. We'd have had that amount in place by now. There's a vacant site, site levy, which is a levy on vacant, underutilized sites, and uh, it'll be 3%. It can be increased by 1% up to a max of 6% uh, by local authorities. They must uh, say where, uh, what areas uh, of their, uh, in, their, in their local area plans uh, they are going to put these levies on. Um, but, for instance, there's 600 sites uh, between the two canals in Dublin alone which lie dormant as we speak and are underdeveloped and there's people driving around their cars listening to you today who are looking across at them. So we need to do something about this. Uh, there's two other developments. One is uh, we reduce, we're allowing flexibility for local authorities to reduce development contributions for pre-existing planning. So, for instance, if there is uh, large-scale developments out there that have planning, but the local authorities have changed their development charges and reduced them, we're now going to be allowing them to uh, apply the lower charges. 
uh, to stimulate uh, activity. And finally, we're also going to allow local authorities to modify uh, up or down uh, the duration of planning permissions for large-scale developments of housing. So, for instance, if there is people out there sitting on planning and haven't used their, their, their planning, hasn't, hasn't started construction or, or look like they're about to proceed, well, then local authorities can basically say use it or lose it, uh, that we're going to change the terms. Working on the assumption that developers are poised and ready to go and, and are just holding back, all of this is good and dandy, but most developers, not that there's that much sympathy for them, they're bust. They didn't have any cash. They can't get their hands on cash now. So while you are creating an environment here, there's still a finance issue, isn't there? Um, yes, of course there is. I mean, there's no denying that. But there is signs of growth, Jonathan. I, I mean, I, I met with the four local uh, managers in Dublin yesterday for two hours, and there are signs of growth. Uh, but there is a concern uh, that um, there are sites out there and that uh, some developers are sitting on them waiting for a bigger payday. And uh, this issue needs to be dealt with. Um, you've spoken to me before, and we've all spoken at least about the issue of social housing, the requirement for housing full stop. And uh, we need, uh, from a policy point of view, to give directions that will stimulate this and move it quicker than it's potentially going at the moment. And all four of these activities are to do that. And by the way, there will be more into the future. And I'm expecting to announce a fairly comprehensive social housing strategy immediately after the budget. And I'm going to bring forward a second planning bill. Um, And I'll announce that later on in the year in relation to a whole range of other initiatives. Would NAMA have to pay this? Because NAMA have a lot of sites, vacant sites, under their control at the moment. Well, yeah, through the process, I mean, you could also put the argument in relation to local authorities, you could put it in relation to other state bodies, etc. This will have to be a fair process, and obviously through the, through the bill we're going to ensure that everyone is treated appropriately. So NAMA will have to pay it? Well, I, everyone will be dealt with. Through the legislation, will it be identifying everyone uh, who has to pay it and how they have to pay it? Okay, uh, we were just doing some sums on this. The ESRI, they are reckoning we need 12,500 houses built a year. So if that amount is built, uh, that works out roughly 1,200 social housing units each year under this plan. Now, as as I said to you last week, the social housing waiting list is 100,000. Now, you were confident that that's six to seven years to clear. But working at that rate, it's actually going to take 80 years to clear. So therefore, your target is, is very ambitious. How are you going to make up that shortfall? Well, uh, for starters, I suppose you know there's various different surveys in relation to the requirements of social housing varying from 70 to 100. Uh, that's the first point. But secondly, there is a large issue out there. I have no, there's no denying that. This is a component of an overall strategy, Jonathan. I will be announcing a fairly comprehensive social housing strategy. In relation to that, uh, obviously we're looking at various different funding models, working very closely with my colleague Brendan Howland in relation to that, and that will be announced just as part of the budgetary process or just after the budgetary process. Um, And it's going to have to have a mix. Um, NAM are a part of that. The approved housing bodies are a part of it. But we are going to have to get dramatically uh, more into building local authority houses. And I think it is a mistake uh, for the last 15 years that local authorities were driven out of this area and it was essentially privatised. But we're also have to, going to have to look at what other vehicles can be created to fund the development of social housing. And essentially every you know, day of my week at the moment is based on doing that. Uh, and we have a very short time frame to do it, but we are going mm-hmm. to get there. It is the number one priority for this government is to deal with the housing crisis and to deal in particularly uh, with social housing. Okay, but I mean, you're still looking at decades unless we get this dramatic ramp up. I look forward to reading the proposals you're bringing out after the budget, but still, I mean, it's going to take a lot of construction, a lot of investment, and a lot of people getting on board with your plan. Yeah, well, of course it is. But, I mean, it's up to government to drive policy. 
and you know what we have to do is stimulate um you know activity what i've announced today is very based it's based around stimulating activity uh, and then this is one piece of the jigsaw and another piece of the jigsaw will be uh, getting access to finance, which we will be announcing a comprehensive social housing strategy as part of. And another okay. part of the jigsaw is that local authorities themselves will have to actually go out and build these uh, houses, these units. And All what right. we have done in relation to local authorities is ensure uh, that they are ramped up, they are prepared, they have the skill base, and they've done everything uh, to ensure there's no drop in time in relation to having sites available for social housing once the strategy is announced. Just to finish up, Minister, very briefly, if you can, Irish Water, uh, another one of the projects under your control. We'll be speaking with the Information Ombudsman in a minute. He's not happy because he can't get access to um, Irish Water under the legislation. Any plans to change that? Yeah, I've, I've heard what he's had to say, and I'm certainly digesting it. I've, I've no massive objections uh, to getting into dialogue on this. I will just point out, though, that other utilities, energy utilities, for instance, ESB, etc., uh, now, you know, all, all the interaction there from a customer point of view is done through the CER, which is the regulator, and it would be the norm that Irish Water is done the same way. But having said that, I'm open to conversation on this. Uh, certainly some of the points he's made are uh, you know, worthy of consideration, uh, and I'll be looking into that. Minister for the Environment, Alan Kelly, thank you very much for joining us on News Talk Lunchtime. Thank you.